You're listening to the Other Bundesliga podcast, the Austrian football podcast in English. On this episode, we'll be covering match day 20 of the Austrian Bundesliga season, as well as the Europa League last 32 first legs involving FC Salzburg and LASK. Welcome to a rather special edition of the other Bundesliga podcast. My name's Tom Midler and I'm joined by Lee Wingate and Simon Clark. And we are outside. I think this might be the first ever outdoor recording of an episode of the other Bundesliga. And we're not just outdoors for no reason in February. We're here at the Hoervata Stadium in the 19th district of Vienna because there's a friendly game going on between first Vienna of the fourth division and Austria Vienna of the Bundesliga. I'm not quite sure why Austria Vienna are involved in a friendly on a Monday night, uh, just one day after their latest league game. But here they are with quite a full strength squad as well. So we're enjoying watching this one. Uh, any ambiance, any noise you might hear in the background is coming from the fans here at the Horvata. A uh, good game so far, about 10 or 15 minutes left and it's 2-1 to Austria Vienna. And uh, whilst Austria Vienna kick the ball around in their violet shirts, Why don't we start with the match day 20 action from the Austrian Bundesliga and where else to start but that team themselves, Austria-Vienna. They welcomed Red Bull Salzburg to the Generali Arena and they claimed a draw, a 2-2 draw, a late goal. They went away with a point. Um, it doesn't really do too much good for either team, does it? But what about Salzburg? Another two points dropped for Salzburg. Simon, you were there. What did you think of that? Yeah, it wasn't a great performance from Salzburg, really. They were very lacklustre going forward. They didn't really pass the ball like the, the, the way we know they do back at the start of the season. It, there was no fast-paced movement. It, it was just something was lacking there. You could say something like Erling Haaland was lacking. But, um, I mean, it did start very well. They scored with their first opportunity, which was Pat Sundaka's goal after six minutes, so a very well-taken half-volley. And then, um, I mean, they could have had a couple more in the first half, but they went into the break at 1-0. Then they came out for the second half and something changed. Oshivina, obviously, they knew the situation. They had to get something out of the game to keep their hopes of championship round alive. And Christoph Munchein, who else, came up with a, a, a cracking goal, a really, really cracking goal, right into the top corner for equaliser. And then Patsandaka again linked up very, very well with, with Huang Ki Chan to make it 2-1. And then going into the final minutes it was all Austria Vienna they were pushing they were pushing they had to get an equalizer because of the the, the result uh, earlier in the day between Hartberg and Rapid meant they had to get at least a draw to keep their hopes alive and Eric Palmer Brown the American international defender popped up with a, a thunderous header to inflict pain on his American counterpart Jesse Marsh and um, I mean where, where, where do we go from here are Salzburg in crisis Tom? It seems to me like it's a mini-crisis. I'd describe it as that. So one win in six in their last six Bundesliga games. That is not the Red Bull Salzburg we're used to. And of course, we've got to remember that Jesse Marsh, people are talking about him now. He did start this season with uh, with a record-breaking uh, beginning to his tenure. You know, they were doing so well in the first 10 or, or 12 games of the season. And it's only recently that they've seemed to... Uh, list a little bit but we'll come to Thursday night in the Europa League in the second half of this podcast but just bearing in mind that league form alone it's two more points dropped against you know a pretty uninspiring Austria Vienna side 
how bad is this for Jesse Marsh? And, and what's going wrong? You know, you mentioned Dakar linking up well with, with Huang Hee-chan. You know, they've put a lot of their hopes on that combination. Um, we, we mentioned that last weekend in the Bundesliga was pretty much a nightmare for Dakar, missing these chances in the shadow of Erling Haaland. Um, he did get two goals this time. So, so it's not all doom and gloom, is it, for, for Red Bull Salzburg? But what is going on there, Lee? I think it's a, a combination of factors. Obviously, those departures over the winter break have really hit them hard. It's not just been Holland and Minamino that left, but Pongracic, a solid defensive option as well. Um, the fact that they've then obviously had this very long winter break, 61 days, which is uh, enough to disrupt any team's flow. And probably a, a bit of the mental aspect as well now. They've, they lost that game against Lask, the first game after the winter break. And obviously all long unbeaten runs have to come to an end at some point. They lost their three and a half year home unbeaten run in the league. But I think now they've probably started to, to perhaps it's probably started to go to their heads a little bit, and they've they're probably starting to, to to feel the pressure a little bit. And Lask have shown that they're a serious side to contend with. So I think it's definitely um, a combination of a few factors. But as Jesse Marsh has said, you know, it never is it's never always straightforward as a coach. You go through difficult phases like this, and I guess now is when we'll see what he's really made of. Yeah, there was a nice quote from Jesse Marsh at the end of the game. He said, it's easy to be a good manager when things are going well and it's when things are a bit more difficult that a coach does his best work. But things definitely are difficult at Red Bull Salzburg. It's probably the first time since the existence of the other Bundesliga that we've seen Salzburg struggling like this. More on that topic later. But anyway, Austria-Vienna 2, Red Bull Salzburg 2. That was a result which had implications directly for two other teams. Um, let's move on to Lask because, of course, with Salzburg dropping points, all eyes were on Lask. They took on St. Pulton at home, although that was earlier on on the Sunday, and their home record had been a little shaky in the Bundesliga so far this season. It's their away record, which has been the, uh, the spine of their very good Bundesliga form. All 10 wins from their 10 away games. A modern Bundesliga record there for Lask. But at home, they got the job done easily this time against St. Pulton. 3-0 up very, very early on. And they ended up running away with it. Hussein Balic, the uh, former St. Pilton player, of course, just transferred in winter to Lask. No surprises to see Balic on the score sheet twice. But it was quite a dominant victory for Lask, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like everything came together in the same game. Um, they were brilliant going forward. They scored the goals. They finally had a, a, a great home performance, which has been something that's been lacking recently. They are now three points clear, clear at the top. They're winning when they have to win. And if they keep this going, then Salzburg can have a real challenge. Talking of them being uh, at the top, just to provide a little bit of historical context for how well they're doing, this is the first time that they've been top of the table for two consecutive match days since the 2007 to 2008 season. So I think it, it really sheds some, some light on just how much they have achieved so far this season and, and, and how seriously we should take their title challenge as well. Yeah, it was just what Lask needed. Uh, we've talked about their chance conversion a lot, especially in the earlier stages of this season. But in this one, straight away, Klaus with the opening goal settled the nerves early on. With it. If there was any pressure of you know being the hunted team rather than the team doing the hunting, they didn't show those signs. And an early goal always helps to settle those nerves. Balic as well. We talked last week about what an astute signing he could have been for Lask. And he's really proven that so far. Good goal in the cup. Two more in the Bundesliga on match day 20. I like Balic. I like that he's greedy and I like that he takes shots. That's something that's easy to identify with as a football fan. You just want players to have a go at the target and see what happens. He did that twice. 
early on in the game against St. Pilton. The first time, a shot from the angle from the left. That's where he does his most dangerous work. Vollenhofer, the second goalkeeper at St. Pilton, made a bit of a meal of it from the angle, didn't keep it out. But then Balic, another attack just a few moments later on the left, cut inside, unleashed another shot. Two shots, two goals, uh, and you can't argue with that. You, you've got to enter the lottery to win, I guess. Yeah, he's turning that to be an excellent signing, uh, only £300,000. €300,000, sorry. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, he looks like a, a real talent and he adds something extra that was, was missing for Lask going forward and it's been a success straight away. Yeah, happy times for Lask. Again, we'll talk about them and their Europa League first leg in a moment. And the other team that our first game that we mentioned, Austria versus Red Bull Salzburg, the other team that that had uh, ramifications for was Hartberg because Hartberg had taken on Rapid Vienna earlier on on Sunday in the Bundesliga as well. They led going into injury time. They were pegged back by Rapid Vienna. They scored with almost the last attack of the game to rescue a 2-2 draw. Always goals in the fixtures between Hartberg and Rapid Vienna. 3-3 it was last time out in Hütteldorf when the two sides met. Uh, the captain, Stefan Schwab, popping up with a 96th minute equaliser for 3-3, I think, in that one. And this time it was uh, the new signing, Erchan Kara, on his debut, popping up with an injury time equaliser for Rapid again. So Hartberg establishing themselves as a bit of a bogey team. Um, a point for them is not a bad result, it should be said, against Rapid. But the three points would have been so, so useful in their quest to, uh, to muscle out Austria-Vienna for that top six spot. As it was, they had to make do with a point. Yeah, in the end, it would, have, it would have secured them a top six finish. And anyway, all they need is one point from the last two games and they will be assured of it, more than likely. And it would assure them their highest ever league finish of sixth because this is only their second year in the Austrian Bundesliga and they would have qualified for the top six. This is a village team. It is a really, really small village. For them to have a team competing in the upper echelons of the Austrian Bundesliga is really, really incredible. But going to the goalscorer at Cinkara, just a, a fairy tale for him. This is a man who was playing in the, in the fourth division in Vienna a, a matter of a couple of years ago, this season in fact, and then he moved to Horn in the second division. He scored a bucket load of goals there and now on his debut scoring for Rapid Vienna like it's an incredible story and just shows that there's talent in the low leagues yeah big celebrations from Erchan Karat the only thing I didn't like about that goal was that was, uh, was that Richard Strebinger the Rapid Vienna goalkeeper was up for that corner and you always love it to see a goalkeeper sticking one of those in it went agonisingly close to Strebinger but it was Kara who got the job done in the end and secured that point for Rapid Vienna they stay in third place just a last a final quick word on Hartberg you know in an interview with their manager last week, they were saying, look, nobody at this club has budgeted for, for Hartberg to be in the top six. And just as a, as a sort of a sign of what it means to them, if they can secure their place in the top six, for those who don't know, of course, the league will be splitting. Oh, Austria-Vienna just banging in a lovely goal from a free kick as we, <laughs> as we record this episode. 3-1 to Austria-Vienna here now. They're going to run away with this friendly, it looks like. But yeah, back to Hartberg. If they can secure this top six spot, which looks more than likely then it makes a big difference for them financially. You know, they've got then 10 big games to close out the season with. They're only playing against... I won't try and talk over the stadium announcer announcing Kavlan's free kick going in. But um, yeah, that would mean 10 games against big sides. You saw against Rapid Vienna this weekend that they were sold out for that game. Great atmosphere down in Hartberg. And it's just absolutely massive for them if they can do that. And of course, it would mean that their season goal is met because they can't get relegated. So huge, huge achievements for Hartberg if they can get over the line. Moving on to uh, the other side inside the top six. The other sides that we haven't mentioned inside the top six. 
Wolfsburg. They were against 12th placed VSG Tyrol. Lifeless Tyrol looking to avoid an 8th straight defeat in the Bundesliga. And surprisingly, they did manage to avoid an 8th straight defeat. It finished VSG Tyrol 2, Wolfsburger 0. Perhaps a little bit fortuitously, though, uh, there was an incident in the 25th minute of the match. I don't know if you saw that, where the new signing Bruno Suarez brought down Cheku Dieng in the box, pretty much clotheslined him with an arm round the neck. I was very, very surprised that that was not given as a penalty. For the non-German speakers uh, among our listeners, that's the final whistle going and the stadium announcer saying that Austria Vienna have won 3-1, so the, the friendly's over. Oh, and the music's on now. Um, Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy Joel, yeah. Billy Joel's Vienna playing. Oh, we've just been joined after the full-time whistle by Moritz, a fan of uh, Graz AK in the second division. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how Graz AK are doing this season? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question right now because they lost against the FAC from the start. So, But I'm looking forward uh, for the next games because I think they will win against Blau-Weiss Linz. So... Greetings to Richard Turkovic. <laughs> Thanks for that. Nice to see you. But back, back to the game. Yeah, perhaps they were a little bit fortuitous, though, with, with that win VSG Tirol, because in the 25th minute of that match, their new signing, Bruno Suarez, pretty much clotheslined Cheku Dieng in the penalty area. And I was rather surprised to see that the referee did not point to the penalty spot for that one. As it was, two goals in the first half managed to see a really valuable win for them and help them in their, in their relegation fight. So yeah, a very, very much a surprise result. Um, and that's actually only their third home win in all competitions this season, and the first against a team that's not Austria-Vienna. And how bad is that for Wolfsburg at AC? Is that a, a really problematic result for them? And how bad were they on the day? I don't know, I feel like this could just be one of those games, an exception that, that perhaps, you know, it's just a, a one-off poor performance. We've not really seen too much of them under their new coach, Feldhofer, yet. They won the first game. This one, they didn't. So I guess only time will tell. Um, but they're still very much, you know, they're sure of their place in the, in the top half. And I think only time will tell how they're going to progress under him. I think it was one of those performances where when you qualify for something, you kind of put your foot off the pedal a little bit. And I think this was the, a case of what happened here, that they, they secured their place in the top six last week. The games now, I mean, obviously that they matter, but like the points will be halved. So does it matter as much? And maybe the players have this mentality, but I don't think that happened, but it could have been a, a contributing factor. Perhaps they just underestimated the challenge of, uh, of VSK Tirol a little bit. Um, another side who secured their place in the top six round, though, that was Sturm Graz. They went away to Admira Vaca Merdling. And uh, they won 2-0 rather easily in the end. It was a bit of a listless performance from Admira. And it had consequences as well because their coach, Klaus Schmidt, was released after the game. Um, what do you make of that, the whole thing, the game, the, the situation with the manager being let go, all of that stuff for, for Admira and for Sturm as well? Well, I'll just talk about that Admira perspective, first of all, because it's the third change of coach this season in the Bundesliga and it's the second carried out by Admira. The other one, of course, being... Um, Feldhofer coming in to replace Gerhard Struber at Wolfsburger AC. So I think it, it says a lot that they they were willing to pull the trigger so quickly. His record wasn't exactly that bad. I think it was something like three wins, five draws and six defeats or, or something along those lines. And I feel like given the, the squad he's got to work with, this is a team who have their best players regularly pinched, who don't have a budget to compare with some of their other rivals in the Bundesliga. I feel like it was perhaps a slightly harsh decision to relieve him of his duties 
and you know it leaves questions about who's gonna who's gonna be taking them uh, going forward. Yeah, I read that actually Felix Magat might well have had something to do with uh, with the trainer Klaus Schmidt being released so quickly, and perhaps you know it seemed a little bit like a knee jerk reaction to us. Everything went against Admira this weekend. VSK's win put them level on points with Admira at the bottom of the table, so it wasn't perfect in that, on that side of things. But apparently, since Felix Magat was announced as in this kind of uh, ambassadorial role in the, the in the flyer alarm footballing empire I say in uh, in air quotes apparently he didn't really get on well with Klaus Schmidt and didn't really like Klaus Schmidt, Schmidt's methods um, he was he was turning up to training and, and finding that he thought the intensity was not high enough at Admira so um, interesting that they are due to announce their manager tomorrow so their manager might well be announced by the time that this podcast is uh, is greeting you and Peter Packelt his name has been in the frame but somebody I'm interested in as well is Damir Buric who was uh, the manager of Hijuk Split until earlier on this season and a former manager of Admira it should be said as well one of the managers that did well at Admira and was then uh, poached by a, a bigger club in Germany he I, I saw his Hijuk Split side and uh, if you're talking about a lack of intensity that is not something that uh, that you could criticize Hijuk Split for having well I saw them in the in the yeah, derby the eternal derby yeah, of Croatia there's a, there's a caveat there Tom <laughs> I saw them in the eternal <laughs> derby of Croatia against Dinamo Zagreb so uh, unsurprisingly a lack of intensity there would have uh, been quite something uh, but um, that was probably one of the most intense games that I've ever seen so maybe Damir Buric would be a cool uh, addition to the Admira coaching staff we might well see and we'll let you know as soon as that one uh, happens on our Twitter at other Bundesliga we'll, uh, we'll bring up to date news there the sixth and final game in the Bundesliga this weekend was Mattersburg nil Altak nil I presume we don't need a big roundup of that one uh, there was uh, that you know it's a point apiece it was probably deserved Lee you've got something to add on this one <laughs> In a game where there's not too much to add, I would just like to add that Altac are now joint top of the form table along with Rapid Vienna. They've taken 11 points from their last five games. It's a nice run, although slight caveat being the fact that they've only drawn their two games since the winter break. So the three wins during that run came before Christmas. But nonetheless, it's still a, a very impressive run from them. I feel like every so often Altac randomly go on one of, one of these runs when we don't expect them to and amass quite a few points in a, in a short amount of time. And I, I think that Runs like this are going to help them to, to stave off relegation this season. After a quick jingle, why don't we move on to the first legs of the last 32 of the Europa League? Because, of course, there were two bigger games before the Bundesliga action. And that was Salzburg away at Eintracht Frankfurt and also Lask Linz away at Adzed Alba. So moving on to the Europa League then, let's start where else but in Frankfurt? It was Eintracht Frankfurt 4, Red Bull Salzburg, or FC Salzburg as I should call them, 1. It was Eintracht Frankfurt 4, FC Salzburg 1. A humbling night for Jesse Marsh and his Salzburg side. Such great hopes going into the Europa League after the Champions League. Are they dashed? Are they over already? I mean, they've had great comebacks in Europe before, but the way their form is going at the moment, I think it might be a bridge too far. It wasn't a great performance. It was <laughs> a complete abject performance, really. It was a disastrous night for Jesse Marsh. And, um, yeah, the team just came apart, really. So so what actually happened? Why was Adi Hütter, the ex-Salzburg coach, able to outsmart the current Salzburg coach, Jesse Marsh, so clearly on this one? I'm not really sure to what degree he did outsmart him. I'm not just sure if, if Salzburg were just very, very poor. It was a defensive horror show, really, when you look at some of the goals. Verba and Onguene repeatedly caught out of position, turned inside out. There was no structure. 
their like I say, their positioning was poor, they had no fluidity going forward. And I think really they could have counted themselves lucky to take one goal away from Frankfurt in the end. Um, it was just bad from start to finish and the inquest has already begun. Chichan Stankovic, the goalkeeper, came out with some pretty strong words in the aftermath of that game, saying that, you know, you can't sell players of the quality that we did over the winter break and not replace them. Players like that can't be replaced overnight either. So quite a bold statement, really, from, from one of their own players. I'm sure that will have been dealt with uh, internally because speaking out against your club like that doesn't look good but like Simon says it's going to be a very very tough ask now and to expect them to replicate what they did against Lazio a couple of years ago where they lost the first leg 4-2 and then won the second leg 4-1 like a like I said I think it is a bridge too far yeah I'm really glad that they at least got that late penalty to get the one away goal it gives them some sort of lifeline at least Huang Hee-chan dispatching a late penalty which yeah perhaps wasn't even deserved but it gives them something to cling on to in the second leg that's coming up next week a sold out Red Bull Arena in Salzburg they're talking about 5,000 fans coming down from Frankfurt as well the away section is around 2,000 that's sold out but um, it has been possible and it has proven possible in the past for away fans to get tickets for the neutral sectors and it sounds like uh, by all accounts that Eintracht Frankfurt have done that so it should be an electric atmosphere we hope that uh, nothing too bad goes off. There was a bit of trouble during the anthems, uh, it should be said, in Frankfurt. We weren't there, so it's just difficult for us to report on it. But there were there were reports of uh, Salzburg fans, a couple of Salzburg fans perhaps shouting things out during the anthems. Pretty, pretty unsavoury scenes. And you know what the feeling is towards Red Bull clubs sometimes in, in Germany. Yeah, hoping that, that nothing nothing too bad goes off in, in the second leg and it's just a, a feast of football. Maybe if Salzburg can get an early goal in that one, they might be able to bring the tie to life, but massive ask now. Just to go on, go back quickly there to the crowd troubles that you mentioned. I think um, part of that was not helped by the fact that there was a minute silence before the game, which was then disrupted by some fans, which led to lots of booing and the minute silence being cut short. So I think that, yeah, there was a very edgy atmosphere in the run-up to that game. That's certainly a negative, but um, on the positive side, the Salzburg fan train looked an absolute riot. They they had a, a carriage with a, a disco and drinks, and it looked fantastic, it looked like a great time. Would you like to go on the Salzburg fan train in the future, Tom? I would definitely like to be a part of the Salzburg fan train. It was like a disco train carriage at 11.22am. So if you're up for a couple of beers on the way to Frankfurt, you are well served in that game. Um, maybe Frankfurt will do something similar on the way back. Moving over to the other Europa League tie, it ended Adzad Alkmaar 1, Lask 1. And whereas Salzburg got themselves a late goal to give themselves a tiny glimmer of hope, Lask conceded a late goal in their tie. They still came away with one away goal, a creditable 1-1 draw. Yeah, mixed feelings after that one. What did you think, Lee? I think when you're leading so long away from home and then you go on to concede a late equaliser, obviously there's always a, a feeling of being a bit gutted and that you, you could have done better. But I'm sure they would have taken a 1-1 draw from the outset, an away goal in Alkmaar, not to be sniffed at. And they'll go back to the Linzerstadion now, knowing that they are so, so strong at home. Their home form has been incredible in Europe this season. They've not been beaten on, on home turf at all since the Europa League started. It was a deserved draw. There were some moments towards the beginning when they had a penalty awarded against them, which was then initially, which was then overturned and uh, a free kick was awarded instead. 
and then they rode that spell of pressure out. And then for the next hour or 70 minutes, they were really the dominant team. Um, they had long spells of possession. They created the most dangerous chances. It was a very impressive performance. It was just towards the end where they, they couldn't quite hold on. But nonetheless, it's still a, a very impressive result. So they backed up their solid form in the Bundesliga by just looking really, really good in that tie. They, they weren't overawed again. They come away with a decent result. Uh, it's yes or no time. Will Lask go through in the home leg? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I have a feeling that they're going to do it as well. They've been so good at home and I've got to start backing them this time. Uh, will Salzburg manage it in, a cr- in what would be an absolute thriller, one for the history books, if they were to overturn it against Eintracht? I think it'll be 2-0 and they'll just come short. I, th- I don't think they're going to win. I think the crisis will go on for Jesse Marsh's men, unfortunately. The crisis to deepen. Yeah, I don't really see them at the moment getting back into that one. I hope they do. It'll be really exciting if they can get some early goals and, uh, and at least give us something to cheer on on Thursday night. But I'm certainly looking forward to those two games in any case. Just finally, as we're in the Hoavata and now empty Hoavata, uh, Stadion. It was announced on Thursday, uh, me and Lee alluded to it in the last podcast, that um, First Vienna will be hosting Sheffield FC on the 1st of June, on the evening prior to the Austria-England game. And uh, tickets are available now. You can go to our Twitter page to find all the information about that. And we're here now, and it's w- truly one of the great stadiums in Austrian football. The, the hill opposite has, still has a the old terracing from from the great days of the 1930s and you can sit on there and it's going to be a great great occasion are you guys excited for, for this game yeah absolutely can't wait for that it's, it's it's a long way away and it seems very cold at the moment and they've just turned the lights off in the Horvath stadium as well so that's a good sign that we should wrap up the podcast but yeah i can't wait for that first vienna versus sheffield fc the oldest club in austria versus the oldest club in the world awesome yeah, 287 years of football heritage between them. It's going to be a footballing feast and it comes obviously the day before England play Austria in a pre-Euro 2020 friendly. So lots to look forward to. Another Bundesliga festival. <laughs> yep, that about concludes all the action from match day 20 of the Austrian Bundesliga and from the first leg of the Europa League last 32 ties involving Austrian teams. Uh, with the lights turning off here in the stadium, we will depart for this episode We'll be covering all the games on Thursday in the Europa League, those second legs, of course, on our Instagram and on our Twitter at Other Bundesliga. Get on there or get on otherbundesliga.com as well for a lot of good Other Bundesliga content. Our Patreon site, of course, is open as well. You can follow us on there. You can support us on there. That would be lovely if you chose to do so. And uh, other than that, we look forward to covering those games and bringing you all the action from round 21 of the Austrian Bundesliga next week. <laughs>